tracking a development in the developing story that we've been tracking all morning, the ripple effect now being felt throughout the economy in regards to the two bank failures that we saw in three days. Mortgage rates are dropping, and this isn't just a little bit of a drop. Um, dropped to 6.57%, according to CNBC. I just pulled up this story, uh, down from 6.76% on Friday. So if you locked into a mortgage on Friday at 6.76%, and you didn't wait till today on a $500,000 home, that's an additional $128 in your payment. Wow in less than one week, in just a matter of a couple of days. I'm reading that this story makes it sound as though this could continue to be a trend with mortgage rates, which, my goodness, that could spark more buying again. It could bring buyers back into the market. This is wild. This is fascinating. You said it dropped about a quarter point, mm-hmm. and you're saving a little over $100 a month on your, your right, house payment. Right. Well, to put that in perspective, over the last year, our mortgage rates have jumped up three percentage points. You're talking about a quarter point savings. We are seeing three full points year over year. Howard Headley, Utah Bankers Association, live on the line with us this morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Are uh, you seeing this in the in the mortgage uh, in the mortgage industry right now? We're just we're talking about the rates dropping. I didn't expect that to be uh, part of the ripple effect of what happened to these two banks over the weekend. Uh, I'm not sure how connected that is. Yeah. It, it, that those markets operate; they they go up and down, and as you can tell, they've gone up more than they've gone down in the last yeah, year. But right. um, I'm not sure what what connection those have to. But, to the uh, Silicon Valley Bank issues. But we do know that Utah businesses have some connection to SVB in terms of the, particularly the tech sector. What are you hearing from our, our local businesses, or what do you know about that connection, Howard? Yeah, that that is an important connection. Silicon Valley Bank is a bank most people haven't heard of, but it was really involved in, in early um you know, venture companies, tech companies, early stage tech companies, getting them off the ground and all the innovation in that area. It was a bank that was really tuned into their needs and, and, and how to serve those needs. And so among that group of people, and as you know, Silicon Slopes and all the tech companies we have in Utah, a lot of them relied on that bank uh, for a lot of services. So when last week, when the when the bank went down, which was totally unexpected, it was a healthy bank. It, it, it was managing through some interest rate issues, but um, nothing that they couldn't manage through. But there was a you know the reaction among a handful of the depositors. This was just a classic bank run. I mean, there's a lot of people running around over the weekend and this morning trying to figure out okay, getting into the weeds of banking, how do banks work, and what's happening. And this was pretty straight up, simple issue of a bank run. This is just people taking billions of dollars out of the bank in a very short amount of time on one day last week. Um, and, you know, that, that it's, it's pretty simple. That, there's not a lot of, you know, science to it. It, it, it just, uh, that, that's what happened. And it's really unfortunate because these are the same folks that benefited from Silicon Valley Bank serving that community. These are folks from that very same community turning around and 
and, and killing the bank and for really no, no good reason. Um, and it, it, it's, it was disappointing. This morning, as we were listening to President Biden, he said, uh, this bank has been mismanaged. We're firing everybody. We're taking over. He vows that there are going to be new bank regulations and new rules. But again, I, I look at this and I look at how they invested and they invested in uh, bonds largely. I thought it seemed like they were they were being conservative. They weren't taking wild swings. What bank rule can President Biden put in place that can prevent something like this from happening again? Is there? Well, there's political narratives on both sides of this, Dave, you know, and we'll have to just we have to live through those. You know, that's just inevitable with any issue that gets raised. People go off on one side and say it's about this and on the other side say it's about that. But you're you're exactly right that this bank was not, you know, on on the edge of anything. It was really, you know, kind of there, there were some issues. Yes. And if you talk to different bankers, they'll look at that and say, well, I would have done this differently. I always done that differently. But they were managing through an issue with their capital. Uh, they had a plan. It was a, a reasonable plan. And they were on their way to resolving it. They had a handful of really wealthy uh, depositors that sent out word on Thursday to pull your money out of the bank. And as soon as that happens, the bank is not viable. And I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what President Biden is thinking. Um, you know, that's that's the next shoot, you know, to, to drop for us. Is now we get to see a, a flood of new proposals. And again, those will be attached to. I'm sure ongoing narratives, everybody just wanted to do something in the banking area will now use this as an excuse to try to do it. But this was just a bank run, and uh, you don't need to – Utah, our banks are are as strong as ever. Our economy, you know, has been doing well, and, 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 you know, that helps the banks, and the banks help the economy do that. Uh, We're the sixth largest banking state in the country. Many people don't know that. And we're in a good position to help all these companies that might have been impacted by, you know, Silicon Valley's challenges over the weekend. But it, it looks like, you know, the, the Federal Reserve and the FDIC has stepped up and those companies in the short run are going to be taken care of. And then in the long run, as they find new banking relationships, they'll have a lot of folks to, to choose from that can step forward and help them. Um, and, and so it looks like, you know, any crisis has been averted. I, I just feel like people need to recognize that this is just a classic bank run. It's not a matter that we need to dive in and, and do any kind of wholesale revisions of bank laws or regulations. Howard, before we let you go, Howard Headley with the Utah Bankers Association. There's a lot of people questioning that $250,000 limit uh, with the FDIC insurance. Now the president kind of blew that cap out of the water and it's going to make depositors whole for no matter how much they had in, in that account. But in today's day and age, particularly with private businesses and companies that, you know, maybe can't even make payroll with $250,000 as a cap. Does the FDIC limit, in your view, need to be raised? The FDIC limit at $250,000 is meant to help you and me, Debbie. Right. (laughs) Um, It's meant to help the average person. And and there are ways in which a business can, can, there's reciprocal deposits. There's just all kinds of ways to to use that $250,000 insurance. 
insurance coverage to expand it over, you know, a million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars. I mean, you you just have to ask the question. Silicon Valley Bank was just very different. Silicon Valley Bank was dealing with these, you know, early stage tech companies, and in fact, they they basically said, you, you know, you have to keep your if you if we're going to serve you, you have to keep your deposits here. And so there were some issues there. Uh, my my guess is that some of those issues will be addressed in terms of concentrations. Um, you know, what bank, you know, a bank can serve, you know, serving that narrow group of people uh, and and the amount of the deposits of the bank that were uninsured, meaning they had fewer deposits, but they were huge deposits. Mm-hmm. And that kind of created, facilitated this run on the bank. So I'm sure that we'll, we'll discuss more about those in the future. But the average bank, the normal bank, the ones that you and I deal with every day, they're way more diversified and they don't have those issues. So like I say, I don't see that this justifies wholesale changes in banking laws, but of course people on the right and the left will call for that because it supports their narrative right now. But I, I mean, we're mostly concerned about, you know, individual people and let them know that banks are safe and strong and you got a ton of options in Utah, the fortunate place to be. And, um, the issues surrounding this particular bank are very unique and happy to talk more about them if anybody's really interested. But the system works well for you and I and for the majority of, of, of individuals and businesses out there. So Howard we're going to keep pushing forward. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. Uh, you're with Utah's Bankers Association. Uh, thanks for the time.